Back in Vile, the podcast where we normally are ranking every single horror movie ever, but occasionally, sometimes, we will do a movie like The Legend of Billie Jean. This is Ryan. And this is Quincy. Uh, holy shit, this is a motion picture is what this is. So, a little bit of background. We got a copy of The Legend of Billie Jean, the Fair is Fair edition oh. from Mill Creek Entertainment. Um, and... It is so amazing that I couldn't not talk to you about it no, on a podcast. That's legit. I honestly, I because I knew nothing about this movie sort of going in and w- learned nothing as it progressed. So, so you'd never heard of The Legend of Billie Jean before. Neither had I until I watched this on Blu-ray. But apparently this is one of those big um, video store movies allegedly people do know and like this film oh no yeah honestly this movie was um i had a coworker who once yelled fair is fair at me a year ago and then recently i posted about uh, the legend of billy jean on twitter and she was like finally you've joined the party welcome um so yeah. this movie the cover of the movie i uh, you may be wondering to yourself like what is the plot of the legend of billy jean the plot is that there's a lady with short peroxide blonde hair and her named bro- Billy Jean. Yep, and her brother is Christian Slater. Now, all right. So, this is primarily a love letter to scooters. Yes. So, Billy Jean's brother has a really dope, brand new red scooter that is appraised for approximately six hundred and eight dollars. And the whole movie, they're like, "How did you, Texas white trash, afford this?" amazing scooter and they're like it was my father's dying wish for us to have a rad ass scooter with a (laughs) raccoon tail on it uh so we bought it and then when it gets so uh this is christian slater's like second movie he's actually 15 in this and um, they run afoul of some Texas toughs, and they Texas destroy toughs. the scooter. And the rest of the movie is Billie Jean trying to get reparations for her little boy's scooter, her little brother's scooter. Yeah. Now, and and so the movie it's opens. Death Wish, but instead of <laughs> instead of a fridged a, a fridged wife, it's the scooter. It's a scooter. Yeah. It well, okay. So this movie uh, it opens up with like it's very Texas DJ oriented, where it's sort of bookended by a local radio DJ in the Corpus Christi area. This movie is giant Corpus Christi tourism uh, campaign, I think. Like, it's just, there's so much going on about Corpus Christi in this movie. And yet, nothing in this film makes me want to visit Corpus Christi. No, at any point. Like, it's, I feel like, all right, so I'm going to say a thing and see if it's true, okay? Um, okay. Movies filmed in the 1980s in Texas and that canonically take place in Texas have a residue on them, like a mesquite barbecue. Like your hand comes away sticky. Yes, and from all um, all accounts, the cast was so sticky hot. <laughs> this was filmed in like August in Texas. Oh my god. Really, the the lesson from this movie and also the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, don't film a movie in the Texas heat. 
Yeah, also, uh, speaking of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Caroline Williams shows up in this movie for like five seconds. I yelled so loud when... So Caroline Williams, who plays Stretch, uh, the the DJ in Texas Chainsaw Part 2, she now... And I realized that both this movie and Texas Chainsaw 2 are stalwarts of the terrible people calling a Texas DJ while on the road in Texas genre. Yeah. And so... They've got this scooter, and Billie Jean, like, they've they've sort of got parents, I don't know, how would you describe, uh, alright, so it's it's a brother and a sister, uh, both of whom, uh, the actors have the last name Slater, but are unrelated somehow? Yes, and, and to be fair, this is Helen Slater, Supergirl herself. Yeah, the Helen Slater, um, and apparently for years after making this movie, um, both of them had to be like, no, that's actually not my sibling, I was just in a movie with them and we both have the same last name. Yeah, they had to to clarify that quite a bit, actually. Yeah, and so how would you describe... So it's this brother and sister, and they like uh, hanging out and cutting up and doing all manner of Texas drapes. How would you describe their parent situation? They live in a uh, single... They live with their single mom, Mm -hmm. and she is... The only time you see her is her stuffing her bra with tissues going out on a hot date... And then saying, Billie Jean, watch out for your brother. Pretty much it, yeah. Yeah, like, she's, you can tell that, like, this is a mom who thinks that she is a very good mom, but is probably either, like, pill mom or work mom or both. I'm not gonna say she's a pill mom, but she's definitely a, uh, I've raised you children to teen dumb, and now it's my time. Yeah, yeah, this is basically, like, have fun being a latchkey kid in Corpus Christi, because two for five margs with the, with my friends get fucked. Yeah, um, exactly. Which also, legit. Um, and so they have the scooter, and at a, uh, now, all right, let's just get it out of the way. This is a movie about sexual harassment. Yes, uh, it's a movie about... Uh, how when Billie Jean goes to get the money for the scooter, the $608, the shit kid's dad... I mean, it's a movie about classism, too. Oh, right. Because this kid's dad, uh, the kid that fucks up the bike, is the rich kid in town, and his dad owns, like, the big store. And uh, the dad says... How about I give you 50 bucks and I fill you up in the back room and we call it even. Yeah. And so what happens? All right. So uh, canonically, I feel like if you were making a teen movie in the 80s, you had the the villain of this had to be a rich kid and they're terrible shit parents. And And to be fair, the reason why they trash the motorcycle to begin with is they go to fill up Billie Jean, this... uh, this um sorry i'm i'm watching the movie in the background and i'm so <laughs> distracted that they're watching glow on television yes they yeah I, I lost my train of thought anyway yeah 100%. they are the the shit kids beat up um billy jean's brother and trash the bike originally because they're trying to feel up billy jean and Christian Slater throws a milkshake on them. And yeah, and obviously, so um, the rich, uh, the rich kid whose dad owns certainly a shop in town or whatever. Um, this it is like the dirt. This is again why I don't see how this is pro Corpus Christi because this is the dirt worst, dingiest tourist trap shop I have ever seen. That's true. Like this guy is meant to be sort of like oh you know he runs Corpus Christi and he's just got like 
a shed full of gugaws. Like, yeah. there's just bullshit. And so this kid uh, who gets the, the shake thrown in his face sells this shake to the face like he just took the poison mist <laughs> to the face. <laughs> he does. Like, he, this milkshake has ended the life of this rich child. And he just, like, so Christian Slater just tips the thing up into his, into his big melon head. And this kid is like, he's just like clutching his face and just like staring down like he just had, he was just disemboweled and he's looking at his own guts hanging out. Only it's just like, he got some shake on his face. And so Christian Slater and Helen Slater are like, come on, let's get out of here. And they jump on the scooter and they get away. And so they're hanging out. Um, by a lake, which I assume is As like you do in Corpus Christi. <laughs> Come to Corpus Christi. We have lakes with those floating docks you only see in horror movies. Yeah, that's exactly. Where are these floating docks that are apparently all over the place? They're all in Texas, I guess. That's it. It's in Texas in 1985, and it's either in a horror movie or in apparently The Legend of Billie Jean. And so, um, these two blonde like Targaryen twins, they're they're hanging out by the lake, and then the the local goons. Um, somehow find them, which probably isn't hard because there's probably like one place to go in town and it's the lake. Yeah. And so, so the goons show up and not only do they destroy, they steal the motorcycle. They take the photos of Billy Jean trying to climb out of the lake to beat their asses, which, uh, circles back later in the movie. And I want to talk to you about that. Very good. All right. What, what, what's your, what's your take on this? Okay, so later when the dirtbag shop owner tries to capitalize on the media sensation that is Billie Jean, he uses this photo of Billie Jean in a bathing suit climbing out of the lake, and he sells it for money. Now, it is his dirtbag son's friend's photo. But isn't that However, child pornography? Well, you know... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's not meant to be like, this is a poor free man of enterprise trying no, to make yeah. reparations. No, yeah, this isn't, this isn't, it's uh, like, this is the bad guy who's the dirt fucking worst. Yeah, yeah, no, this movie isn't going like, well, he's just a local businessman selling photos of 16-year-old girls. Yeah, but they sell a lot of these photos. And my question is, do they have the legal right to sell Billie Jean's likeness on so many t-shirts hats, posters, etc., uh, etc. Et I want to say that all right, so so first of all, if you're if you're selling if you convert your shitty tchotchke shop into a uh, personal shrine to uh, local Corpus Christi Joan of Arc Billie Jean, I feel like you you should at least like if you're Billie Jean, you're you're going to well, okay, first of all, you're you're 16 and and in Texas, so probably you don't have a lawyer. But I feel like get on the horn to a lawyer and collect some of those royalties, because if they're profiting from your likeness without your permission, you could probably take them to the cleaners, which are also right next to the lake in Corpus Christi, yeah. Texas. Now, to be fair, we're getting ahead of ourselves. The end of the movie is everyone literally burning the merchandise they've made <laughs> of her. It's pretty great. Um, like, and That's the catharsis is, oh, not only has this shitbag learned his lesson, but now we're just going to destroy all of these posters. Right. Now, here's the thing that really uh, chagrins me. Mm -hmm. I want a Billie Jean t-shirt. Oh, of course you and do. And I want, like, a original. Because you know there's got to be boxes and fucking boxes of those. Oh, of reproduced Billie Jean shirts that, like, on Redbubble or something? Obviously. 
Oh, and not even the reproduced. Like, I want an original 1986. I mean, probably not, because mm-hmm. uh, every time I've found a vintage t-shirt, they're the actual worst, and I hate them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Actually, as, as it turns out, sometimes vintage things are worse. <laughs> um, For sure. But, so, she uh, goes to... So, they, they, they bust up uh, Christian Slater's scooter, and the way this movie is selling it, this is the worst thing that has ever happened to anyone. Like, well, it's because it's the literal last thing they have of their father. Right. This is yeah. They th- use the insurance money not to move out of the trailer park, but to buy a scooter. Yeah. This is basically John Wick, but for scooters. Where like yeah. in, instead of the the dog that was left by the yeah no this is it's the scooter and so they 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 smash up the scooter and they're like we're rich assholes and they disappear. And so Billie Jean and Binks, uh, Christian Slater, Christian Slater, Slater's character, which, by the way, how the fuck did they settle on Binks as the name? I mean, cat? I, I don't know. I think it's they Binks. just kind of grabbed whatever worked and yeah. like, that's good enough. Yeah. And so they, they go to, to recoup the losses of this from the kid's uh, ri- apparently rich father. Now, uh, to be fair, they go to the cops first and the cops, as predicted, don't do anything right because they're all in the pocket of this local guy who owns like three keychains in a garden shed yeah and yeah you know you know he's just he's got his he's got his hands in everything in the local corpus christi government and so billy jean um tells binks uh that like all right i'm gonna go and try to get our money back from this dude who looks like uh timothy dalton and he's got a mustache and he looks like a reasonable he looks like guy. hard times burt reynolds oh man he is hard times burt reynolds this guy he, he's looking fucking haggard which same very relatable um and so she she goes to this shitty uh shop and tries getting the guy to pay for the scooter it's like what 608 dollars Six hundred and eight dollars. Fair is fair. Fair is fair. Six hundred and eight. Six hundred and eight dollars. All she's asking. That's all she wants. She just wants what. It, listen, fair is fair. And so she goes and she's like, "Hey, pay for this thing." And the guy's like, "But I'm a shit bastard. And I'm going to sexually harass you and tell you that I will give you fifty dollars for it if you fuck me. And then also you are a child and you you know you have to come back and every time I will give you fifty dollars until it is paid off." And she's like, "No." And he's like, "But I'm a shit bastard." And he attacks her. And then as he's attacking her. Um, Christian Slater, uh, who is like, man, she probably didn't get my $608. And he shows up to the place and he's like, whatever, I'm just going to pop open this register that's left unattended and just start scooping out money, which is fair. Now, it's been a minute since I've worked retail, but I don't think a average till would have $608 in it. No. Well, okay, first of all, it wouldn't... You wouldn't that's have... bad business if you're not doing deposits. Yeah, that's... You a, have it's... $608 oh, in your till. Why would you have... Unless you've, like, sold a truly astounding number of bobbleheads from your shitty uh, novelty store in Corpus Christi that day. Um, and also, the real reason why we know it doesn't have six hundred eight dollars is because it has enough room for a gun. It has enough room. Yeah, you know, you've got the the drawer for the twenties. Sometimes you just keep an entire loaded gun in there. And Christian Slater just reaches reaches in and goes, "Oh boy, a gun!" And um, hard times. Burt Reynolds uh, chases Billy Jean and then goes, "Whoa, there there are people here!" And she's like, "Hey, what the fuck?" And the guy's like. I own this town with my garbage shop that sells two bottles of cheer wine and a Bart Simpson keychain. And Christian Slater is like, I've got this gun. And Hard Times Burt Reynolds is like, you're not going to use that thing. And he's like, it's not even loaded. 
And Christian Slater goes, really? And he looks down at it and just pulls the trigger and shoots him. Yeah, so then they assume that they've murdered this man. Yeah. So they flee Texas. They they <laughs> they hop in the car, they grab Yardley Smith, who is a delight in this movie, mm-hmm. and their other friend who has a car, and just, they're like, we have to skip town. Yeah, and yep. then the rest of the movie is a road movie where they're bandits, they're fleeing the law. Yeah, they're basically, it's like we're on the lamb, but also it's like, they... <sighs> Alright, so, uh, Hard Times Burt Reynolds does not die. Um, and he's like, well, we gotta bring these kids in, and the cops are like, we are entirely in the thrall of shitty Timothy Dalton and his three cup koozies. <laughs> so so we- <laughs> sure, we'll do whatever you want. Until the guy from the state shows up and he's like, hey, this is pretty fucking ridiculous. We don't need to do this. Yeah, yeah, he's like the voice of reason and all this going like, hey, what what is happening in Texas? And it's like, well, it's 1985, don't worry about it. Um, so they go to gas stations and just load up the the thing i really like is there we're going on the lamb is we need to get as much candy as we possibly can fit in the back of this car which also checks out because as a kid i feel like i all right, quincy did you ever try running away from home as a kid uh no i did not okay so you were like a reasonable kid <laughs> like i this is all right so what what i what i did when i tried running away from home as a kid uh was that i put um Three books and one banana in a backpack, which I figured would, like, probably, you know, tide me over till, you know, I was, like, riding the rails or doing whatever it is I thought I was doing. And uh, I was, like, throwing them in my bag, and then my mom called me on my bluff because I was like, I'm running away. I hate it here. And my mom is like, all right, I'll help you pack. And she just starts throwing shirts into a suitcase, and I started crying. <laughs> so she completely uh, called my bluff and it was it was very sad but yeah like i feel like going on the limb from uh maybe murdering burt reynolds you're gonna want to load up on candy um and yardley smith who by the way is the voice of lisa simpson um she has a strong texas accent in this movie and i realized that lisa simpson plus texas accent equals zelda rubenstein in poltergeist yeah you know um the this version of the blu-ray has a audio commentary of Yardley and Helen talking about this movie and they all just spend a good 15 minute, minutes apologizing for their accents <laughs> because they're like this sounds nothing like Texas yeah she's it's it's a lot happening she's also apparently 20 years old at the time of filming this movie yeah dude and she's playing a 13 year old <laughs> sure guys um and what to be fair how old is lisa simpson supposed to be and she's been playing her for what 50 years now 80 years she's been lisa simpson it's yeah she's frozen in amber um and so they're they're on the lamb and then on tv which by the way first of all i need to point point this out here christian slater is a baby in this movie he, is, he doesn't look like Christian Slater. No, he's like a larval Slater. He's got noodle limbs and knobbly knees, and he is about half of a Christian Slater. Like, you can tell that he's a gestating Christian Slater who will eventually turn into an adult Christian Slater, but he is he is twig-skinny and bright-eyed. Um, and so they're they're on the lamp, and they, see, they catch on TV two things. One, gorgeous ladies of wrestling, which is extremely yes. important. Uh, and then also they, they catch uh, a central part of the movie, which is a show about Joan of Arc. Yeah, yeah. So 
as if to remind the audience they watch this Joan of Arc movie and they're like what movie is this and the guy goes that's Joan of Arc she uh, died for a cause that she believed in and Billie Jean's like oh I identify with that person (laughs) (laughs) me yeah me living in Corpus Christi Texas right now basically like Joan of Arc and so she um, cuts her hair very short and shoots a uh, she cuts a promo on um, the owner of this shop who tried to sexually assault her and extort her for money, and she um, yells a thing which becomes the catchphrase of the movie, which is "fair is fair," and yeah, just give me the money you owe me and we'll be good. Yeah, and and we're forgetting my favorite part of this movie, which is the mall where oh, they're supposed to just meet the guy and get the money in an envelope. And they go to a like a toy store and steal G.I. Joe walkie talkies and a cap gun, which my god, cap guns from the eighties looked like real fucking guns. Yeah, they just look like sh- like actual guns. And it made me realize because I you know, you think back to cap guns when you were a kid and you're like, oh, they're like bright orange and they they look like rainbow sherbet. Yeah. Not in nineteen eighty six. No, they, they were just like, like a straight up real gun. fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, what ensues is, uh, now, if it's... A A a chase involving marbles, right? A chase involving marbles and also Rebel Yell by Billy Idol. And Um, going up the down escalator. Oh, yeah, which is... This movie has what you could refer to as a tone problem. (laughs) Uh, This is is like if the movie Blank Check also featured, like, child imprisonment. Where it's like, wait, wait a goddamn minute. Like, we've got... The opening bit of this movie where a guy gets shot and there's an attempted sexual assault and then they're on the land, but then also hijinks at the Corpus Christi Mall? Now, I think this is probably a result of multiple screenwriters being involved in this movie. Yeah, it gets fucking slapstick for a moment and it's great, but also um, on the version that I saw of Legend of Billie Jean, for whatever reason, the version of uh, Rebel Yell by Billy Idol that they had on the thing was pitch shifted up by about, like... 30 BPM, and so it just sounded like a fucking squirrel screaming, like, in the midnight out! And it was great. Um, Now, they, what, they escape from the cops? Yeah, they escape from the cops, and they um, hop on the road, and then they learn that they've become, like, Texas folk heroes. Yeah, she's at the mall getting hounded, like, pop singer Tiffany would maybe get hounded at a Corpus Christi Mall in 1985. Um, And yeah, so she's become like a kind of folk hero and a bunch of teenagers are like cutting their hair like Billie Jean. And she just... And people don't exactly know what the deal is with Billie Jean or why she's famous or what's going on, but they're like, fair is fair. I'm going to cut my fucking hair into a pixie cut. Yeah, so they also get credit for like every crime or hijinks in Texas. It's like... Oh, did you burn that school down? Did you knock over that gas station? And they're like, "No, we just want our motorcycle back." I just, I just want my six hundred and eight dollars. Um, yeah, and so they're they're traveling around, uh, and at this point during the montage of them traveling around and um, being outlaws, uh, probably the gr- like the greatest jam of Pat Benatar's career, which is no mean feat because. I really love Pat Benatar, uh, but so the song "Invincible" by Pat Benatar is um, the 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 theme song from *The Legend of Billie Jean*, and apparently, 
um, when she is introing the song in concert, Pat Benatar says, this is from the worst movie ever made. <laughs> and because, and, 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 and I realized the thing about the song Invincible. Um, have you seen the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie? It's a very bad movie. Um, I've seen it many, many times, and it's very bad. But at one point in the movie, it's like it starts sagging and kind of doesn't know what to do with itself, and the plotting gets kind of gummy. And then out of nowhere, Mortal Kombat! And then that fucking techno theme starts up, and in spite of yourself, you're like, yeah, yeah! You're like slapping yourself in the face and excited about what whatever it is that's happening. Um, that is invincible for The Legend of Billie Jean for me. Like it that, just really makes you care. Yeah, that song comes on, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" I don't know what the point of this movie is or what's happening, but I know that I'm invested. So the hard times Burt Reynolds is trying to get uh, Billie Jean captured because he wants to like prosecute her to the full extent of the law because not only did he get shot. But then his son got kneed in the nards when they tried to catch her at the mall. So he's like, you know, blood has been shed. We've got to have revenge. He's catching all manner of hell. So in addition to just selling every piece of merchandise he could possibly slap her face on, he's agreed to, like, give a bounty if someone catches her. Jesus Christ. And so I think the, the, the idea to me... Uh, with the fact that he was selling uh, Billie Jean merch, is like, well, he couldn't buy her, so he decided to sell her instead with, like, her merch, where it's like, this guy is just intent on exploiting her. Yeah, yeah. And then they, um, so, so then it becomes this thing where she cuts these promos that say, we will come home if you give us the bike, fair is fair, and the cops are like, look, we got to end this. So maybe actually give her the bike. He's like, okay, fine, but I'm going to sell tickets. And it becomes this giant event. Yeah. And it, it, which in Corpus Christi, really that's the takeaway from this is that there was nothing to do in Corpus Christi, Texas in 1985. Yeah. It's come on down to the, the park and ride. We're going to watch a girl get a motorcycle and we're going to, we're gonna have a giant paper mache uh, version of her looming above all. It is incredible. I I I love that. I I assume. Which by the way, it is an impressive paper mache, Billie Jean. I wonder, was that where most of the budget for this went? Was like, all right, we need to get that Pat Benatar, Pat Benatar song. We need to get a giant paper mache, Billie Jean. Yeah, and the uh, well, I mean, to be fair, they got a lot of promotional consideration from Coke and Tab, yeah. so it really balanced out. The, now, the here's budget. all right. I, I I have to bring this up because this is a, a thing that happens in this goddamn motion picture, which is that so earlier on in the film, um, this random motorist with a gun, whose um, wife I think is played by Caroline Williams, um, he decides to just start shooting at the kids. Yeah, because bounty means dead or alive. And they literally say she's armed and dangerous. So he's like, I'm going to kill Billie Jean Jesus. and be famous. Which I, I just assume that if you got if you got shot to death in Texas in 1985, they just say you died of natural causes. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like weather. Like, oh, you just you caught a bullet. It's fine. And so he's, uh, he's shooting at him and, like, shooting out the windows and they're driving away and screaming. And then in the middle of this, Yardley Smith, who is 20... Uh, is bleeding, and Billie Jean looks back and goes, oh, no, you didn't get shot. You just got your period for the first time. 
And yeah. Yardley's like, hey, finally. And Billie Jean's like, it's beautiful. And it's like, do we really need a meditation on this in the middle of this fucking movie? And the answer Again, is Again, it's yes. like five scripts mashed together. Oh, it's it's great. I, that was the bit where I, I decided, like, you know what? This is actually a great movie. I really love The Legend of Billie Jean. Um, so anyway, so uh, the... She also at that point says, I can finally get a diaphragm. Which... First of all, okay, I you know not to not not to be crass, but in the entirety of my adult life, I have never known anybody who has used regularly or even like once or twice a diaphragm. That's because they're incredibly uh, ineffective. Incredibly ineffective, even in conjunction with spermicidal foams and jellies. I mean, yeah, because they don't prevent um, STIs. Yeah, like condoms do. Yeah, it's honestly, I, I realized that. Ryan, sit down. We need to have a talk. <laughs> But listen, I listen. I, I've, I've sometimes had... when one consenting adult loves another consenting adult, <laughs> they decide to do it with a special dance. <laughs> with a special dance that involves apparently a diaphragm and roughly a cheese whiz bottle's worth of spermicidal jelly. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, very bad. Um, and so uh, they we get to the main event, right? And and uh, they're gonna hand off the. Is it hand off the money for the bike, or is it just? A new moped. Well, they buy a moped because the key like scene is she says, Who paid for it? And the guy's like Dirt Stash Reynolds is like, You got what you wanted and she's like, But who paid for it? And he's like, It's here and she's like, You didn't even buy it with your own money. Yeah, and she's like, Motherfucker, you you you, you were the one who owed me money and you didn't Which I mean if we're getting technical, his shitbird son who gets owned throughout the course of this movie technically owes them the money. But whatever. Yeah. Like it's it's this guy that yeah, he, he's he's got the money from his lucrative um Molly Hatchet coaster sales at this <laughs> roadside shack. Uh, His double barrel shot glass, shot glasses. <laughs> um, and yeah, so so he's like, yeah, here's the money, and yeah, so she she raises a stink, and basically she uh, calls him out in front of everybody and was like, you tried to assault me, you were a real piece of shit, you tried extorting me for money, um, and the guy tries doing the like, whoa, she's lying, and it and nobody believes it, and then um, what happens exactly? So. She's like, why did you buy all these t-shirts and shit? And they're like, because you're our hero. And she's like, yeah, but that's uh, that's unethical. So they start burning all of the Billie Jean t-shirts. And then because this whole event has gotten out of hand, someone lights the effigy on fire. And then it sets all the tents on fire. And then the entire festival is burning in a very Woodstock 99 sort of way. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, And then you've got uh, uh, Hard Times Burt Reynolds going like, no, no, and he's like watching the whole thing going up, and Billie Jean is like, lol, whatever, fuck face, and she uh, storms out of the place. And then, oh, 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 in, in all of this, I can't even believe we, we neglected to mention this, Christian Slater gets shot while in drag? Yeah, because I guess they were going to do the old switcheroo and Christian Slater was going to like, because they're worried they're going to catch her, Christian Slater has the money right? and they're going to do that. But of course, he's a little child, so he's been playing with this stupid fucking cap gun and he draws it and a sharpshooter shoots him. 
Yeah, he just gets fucking shot. And uh, so this is, you know, Christian Slater, it's your first movie role. You are um, just getting shot while uh, in drag as Helen Slater, which both of them have the most unconvincing dye job in the world with this peroxide hair. It's incredible. Also, Christian Slater is wearing uh, mascara and very well, if I do say so much. He looks fucking great in, in mascara. And immediately I'm just like, I kind of just want to see Christian Slater in full drag. It Listen, I've, I've already got a thing for Christian Slater anyway, and this just complicates things and it's terrible. Um, and so he, get, he gets shot. And while he's getting carried away in an ambulance, that's when she sort of wanders over to the roadside shack and sees all the merch, and then that's when everything happens. So yeah, so uh, Christian Slater gets shot, the shack gets burned down along with all of the merch, uh, Hard Times Burt Reynolds receives his comeuppance, and then we cut to Vermont? Yeah, because the whole time, the Christian Slater's been like, we gotta run to Vermont. That's where we'll be safe. Because he had a titty poster in his bedroom of a ski girl like a snow bunny in like you know uh crop top and it says like the beautiful hills of vermont or something like that yeah and what i so what are we led to believe came out of all of this did they just move to vermont what's going on yeah they call it even that all charges were dropped and they just moved to vermont wait or a at minute least go on go on go to vacation in they, vermont they committed arson and got off well more like inciting a riot also the symbolism of literal billy jean being set on fire a la uh, literal Billy Jean statue being set on fire, a la Joan of Arc, is um, is in this movie. Yeah, that's the yeah. Um, so, and then the movie just sort of ends on Christian Slater in the snow, which first of all, like if, it's so cold here, I hate it. I hate. I'm from Texas, and then it just freeze frames on him with Pat Benatar playing over the top of it. Yeah. Uh this. All right, now I can't even believe I'm going to navel gaze about this. I think this movie is, like, trying to say something? Yeah, I think it's trying to say, like, uh, be careful who your heroes are and don't, like, follow activists, but don't just... It's basically saying, like, if you take Billie Jean and replace her with Shea Guevara, it's a whole meditation on just because you wear a t-shirt doesn't mean you're a true rebel uh, and a revolutionary. You have to actually commit to the action of it. So, if, so what if she had just, like, shot Hard Times Burt Reynolds in the face? Would that have been, like... And anyway, she had the strength of her fucking convictions, and she is responsible for death. You know, not gonna say that i would not be fine with her actually same in the face completely same it would have been great um i i yeah yeah i the the impression i get from this movie a lot is that it's sort of um you remember that one feud uh back in the day um with wrestling where it was chris jericho and kane and chris jericho accidentally spilled coffee on kane backstage and then they had a feud based on that and, and which is also my favorite feud. It's like when Ryback was feuding with Kane over having a hot dog thrown at him. Wrestling is the greatest. Uh, yeah, the, especially because Kane also had a feud where his unborn child was killed. He also had a feud where he electrocuted Shane McMahon's testicles with a car battery. He he, he also like, had a feud where he buried his brother with construction <laughs> equipment. Literally buried the Undertaker 
a lot. He is a mayor in Tennessee. Call out post. Um, but he <laughs> back in the day, it was like he was having a feud with Chris Jericho, and at one point during the feud, Chris Jericho was like, "What the fuck? It was just a cup of coffee." He didn't say what the fuck. It was not, they weren't cursing. And Kane just says, "Do you think this is about coffee?" And that's Billy Jean, where it's like, "You think this is about the moped?" Where, God damn it, you know, I, I, and this makes sense to me as a kind of folk hero thing that, like, it's a thing that just snowballs and gets out of control where it's like, dude, I don't know about any of that. I just want my $600, excuse me, $608 over this moped that got smashed. And I think that it's uh, a babyface thing of, like, God damn it, there has to be some justice in the world. Like, at least Billie Jean's going to get back her $608. Yeah, and, and that's why I think all the teenagers, um, rally behind her because teens in the 1980s are so sick of everyone fucking them over and basically the burt reynolds lookalike is reagan yeah well i mean this movie is sort of soaked in ambient reagan i think yeah there's a there's a whole lot of reagan going on and yeah it's the we're sick and tired of rich people getting away with whatever they want and also the love interest the doofus that billy jean uh, is around that like really wants to to get with her. Oh she's yeah, like you're rich and you don't understand because he's like, I'll buy you a fucking moped, and she's like, it's not about the moped, it's about fairness. You think this is about mopeds? Well, and also he's like, he's a rich doofus who's friendly, and he basically is like, uh, if you want, you can like take me hostage if that'll help. Yeah, it's like please, and they're like, okay. You know what? I if, guess. if you're a rich person, the only form of allyship that is acceptable is for you to offer to be taken hostage. I'm not actually yes. kidding. Um, but he, yeah, he's like he's like a nice fella. Like he's kind of a love interest that the movie doesn't particularly care about. Yeah, because at the end, he ain't in Vermont. No, no, he's no, he's nowhere near Vermont. He's just, I mean, he's probably on a yacht or something. I don't know. Um, and now Christian Slater is adorable in this movie, and I can totally understand how Christian Slater has a career because you look at that goofy little face and those little noodle limbs, and you're like, okay. Um, and this was like what two years before Heather's? Um, Probably more than two. Yeah, yeah. He well, looks like a grown ass man in Heather's, and this he's literally a baby. Yeah. Wait, Heather's uh, was oh, excuse me, that's three years later, uh, nineteen eighty eight. Uh, so, yeah, apparently in those three years, he really sprouted up into a Mayan in between, <laughs> in between Billy Jean and Heathers. He, he, he's a whole lot of something. Um, now, this movie makes a lot of choices. Um, I feel like so much of the soundtrack is sort of, it's synthy, but it's synthy in the way that, like, you could tell that it was programmed by, like, one dude in Houston with a Casio keyboard. Yeah. And it's just sort of, like, elevator synth. And <clears throat> the movie, like, I, I, it's never clear what the stakes are in The Legend of Billie Jean. Like, what is preventing all of this from resolving? Where, where are everybody's parents? Um, yeah, it's a, um, it's a moving target of a point. Yeah, and I, I, I sort of like the idea of, you know, it's, it's, it's about the... Um, it's about the money and about the principle of the thing, and fair is fair. Fair is fair. Um, I don't know. It's not a good movie. No. But kind of an amazing movie at the same time. Yeah. Um, now, this act, uh, the actor in this, Helen Slater, what else has she been in? 
Supergirl. Right. Also the TV show Supergirl, because they cast her as Supergirl's mom, which is, I think, a very excellent touch. I still and have... like a lot of single episodes of, of drama, like primetime drama. I've still never seen the uh, show Supergirl, but I've heard really good things. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Now, you might be asking yourself, uh, why do we not remember this movie like surely this was the standout from the year to that uh, 1985 mm-hmm. but this is also the year that weird science came out and um transylvania 65000 and uh oh, yeah. teen wolf came out the same year so unfortunately no one remembers the <laughs> the legend of billy jane which socially progressive <laughs> Oh, I mean, Transylvania 6, 5,000, which was one of a, a, a trilogy of movies featuring Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum. Oh, um, also, Return to Fucking Oz came out this year. Oh, jeez. In 85. With, with Feruza Balk, which... And Reanimator. It was a good Can you year? tell I'm just looking at the alphabetical order of movies from 1985? Return of the Living Dead, you know? It was yeah. it was a it was a good year. Um, now, my fucking Ghoulies and Fright Night. Yeah, it was perfect. Now, Ghoulies, my, Fright my, Night, and Goonies all came out the same year. Jesus Christ. I feel like I would have just, like, camped out outside of the matinee. Like, not even the full price theater, because it would have been 1985, and... Maybe there's a, a conversion rate for... Anyway, uh, this movie, I feel like the point... All right, so it's trying to make a point about celebrity and about predation and about Reagan's America? Yeah, but it doesn't do it very well. No, not very well. Um, the, I think the problem is also... A, there's a weird thing where there's like the underground railroad at a certain point of the movie where it's just like they're getting hustled around the s- southeastern United States by people with Billie Jean haircuts. Yeah, and and it's like if you see a girl with a Billie Jean haircut, you're good. Yeah, and so basically a bunch of um, a bunch of the Billie Jean uh, haircut uh, acolytes sort of pull a Spartacus where they all start reporting to police stations being like, I'm Billy Jean. Um, it's just, it's a lot happening. Uh, would you recommend this movie? I would. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, now, now, honestly, would you recommend this movie? Um, I would recommend this movie because I feel like, listen, any movie that has Invincible by Pat Benatar on the soundtrack, I'm going to recommend it. And also, it's really fun, but also, any movie that you just sort of, every five minutes or so, go, what the fuck, is an outstanding movie experience to me. Yeah. I I would agree that it's just a really nice chunk of retro and nostalgia. Yeah. And it's a good teen movie. And man, I love teen movies. I love yeah. them so much. Quick, quick question. Have you seen Rad? No. Oh, wow. Rad is a BMX biking teen movie from the 80s that features uh, Break the Ice by John Farnham. Oh, man. Is it better or worse than BMX Bandits? Oh, shit. That remains to be seen, actually. I, I have not seen BMX Bandits. Oh, man. I know the next bonus episode. We're doing. <laughs> oh, my God. We could do we could do a twofer and just and do those two together. <laughs> oh, God. This is... Well... <laughs> This is the life we've chosen for ourselves. Uh, but uh, that's uh, that's about all I got. You got anything else? Dean Stockwell's in this fucking movie. Wait, who is he in this movie? 
He's like the FBI agent. I oh, think. I don't know. I'm not really. I I have not paid. I've watched this movie several times, but have not paid. God, close attention. That just makes me think of how Frank Langella is in Brain Scan as a police detective. You know, Jesus. Like you know, you it's do. it was it was good work if you could get it. Just show up and and kind of be in a movie circa 1985. Anyway, uh, that is about all I got. You got anything else? That's it. Later, folks. Stay spooky.